0: So, when we sang, when you lifted up your voices a few minutes ago to sing praise to Jesus, uh, did you think, this is something strange? What are we doing? No. That should have been a fairly normal experience, right, for coming to gathered and, uh, and gather for worship. Well, what if I were to pause right now and to lead us in prayer again? W- would that be something strange? No. Uh, These are normal aspects of gathering to worship. These are normal aspects of following Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles as we study from the Gospel of Mark together. Will that be something strange? No. It's not out of the ordinary. This is what God's people gathered together do. Now, here's a trickier one. What about when we experience difficulty in our lives? Trials, uh, suffering, pain, pain. Rejection, brokenness. Is that something strange? No. That's not something that's not strange either. While while we might prefer otherwise, right? We we might hope or wishfully think that, hey, in following Jesus, everything just gets just gets just right. Everything's all good and perfect now that I'm a follower of Jesus but I know that's not your experience, and that's not my experience, and something that I think we, we need to wrestle with very often in the scriptures is that uh, suffering, and trial, and persecution is the norm for Christians, not a surprising exception, not something strange or unexpected. Um, and how do we know that? Well, we've, we've been studying the Gospel of Mark for months, We've been in this series of messages we call the God-man because we're talking about the life and ministry of Jesus. And as we've studied the Gospel of Mark, as we've studied the life of Jesus, we've seen a lot and heard a lot of amazing things. Jesus arrived and proclaimed the arrival of God's kingdom. His teaching, we see, was, was amazing. People responded to this amazing teaching, this wisdom that he had. We, we follow the life of Jesus in the gospel of Mark and we see miracle after miracle, the blind see and the lame walk and the dead are raised to life. And we see these amazing miracles. We see Jesus himself foretelling his, own de- his coming death and resurrection. It's a glorious story, isn't it? As we study and learn about the life and ministry of Jesus. And yet now we find ourselves at the end of the gospel of Mark and the life of Jesus will end with rejection and unjust suffering. As Jesus follower, if if, if Jesus' life includes rejection and suffering and pain, we as followers of Jesus uh, look forward to the same? That's hard sometimes, but it's true. Persecution has been the norm for uh, the church for centuries. And I think often what we think of when we think of the word persecution, uh, probably our brother and sister over here, Wilfred and Venner, would be much more familiar with what we sometimes think of when we think of persecution, overt persecution, where there's violence and, and, and um, you know, harm against Christians for the sake of their faith, this overt persecution. But I think at other times, Persecution comes in the form of subtle rejection. And we're going to see Jesus himself rejected in the passage today. And, um, and again, if, if that's the norm, if, if that's the norm of life with Jesus, this is not uh, something strange. This is not unexpected. These are, are, are the results of knowing and following Jesus because as you know and follow Jesus, it, things run countercultural. Following Jesus is, is countercultural. Following Jesus runs counter to the world that we live in. It's just the fact. Look on the screen with me at first Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 13. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So in our passage this morning, we're going to see that Jesus endures rejection and suffering, and we're going to uh, ask that his example um, would help us to face rejection as well. So open your Bibles if you're not already there. Mark chapter 15, verse 1. Mark chapter 15, verse 1. Let's look to Jesus' example. As soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council and they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. This meeting of the religious leaders ends with them binding Jesus and leading him away. Is this something strange going on? It's right in God's plan. This is not something strange. This is Jesus is being rejected by the religious leaders of the time and things have not spun out of God's control. It's it's part of God's plan to rescue us. Verse two, And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, You have said so. And the chief priests accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you? Look at verse 5. But Jesus made no further answer. So much so that it amazed Pilate. Why didn't Jesus fight back here? Why doesn't he defend himself? Look on the screen at Isaiah 53. Here the prophet looks forward to the coming Messiah, and Isaiah writes this, He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus doesn't answer. Jesus doesn't defend himself. And in doing so, he fulfills this prophecy of the coming rescuer, And and, and what this speaks to us is that Jesus goes willingly. He doesn't need to fight. He doesn't need to defend himself. He doesn't need to try to talk his way out of it because Jesus goes willingly to the cross to rescue us from our sin. Verse 6. Now at the feast, he used to release, Pilate used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate, Hey, do something you usually do for us. And Pilate answered, him, answered them saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? Figuring that they would want him to release Jesus. For he perceived it was out of envy that the chief priest had delivered Jesus up. Verse 11, but the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release for them Barabbas instead. Now we have Jesus being rejected by the crowd. Is this something strange? No. Things have not spun out of God's control. This is not something that Jesus... What wasn't expecting it didn't sneak up on him it didn't surprise him this is God working to bring about the rescue of sinners verse 12 and Pilate again said to them then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews and they cried out again crucify him and Pilate said to them why what evil has he done But they shouted all the more, Crucify him! So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Jesus rejected by Pilate here. Something strange? No. Verse 16. Jesus rejected by the soldiers. Let's look again on the screen at, verse, at that verse again, 1 Peter 4.12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial. Do we have that next verse up there? There we go. Thank you. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. As Jesus endured rejection and suffering and persecution, so we, as followers of Jesus, will endure rejection. But there is hope that comes through rejection we experience. That hope comes in Christ. This verse on the screen, this first part of the verse on the screen, tells us that in Christ, yes, we share in his sufferings. This is part of what it means to walk with Jesus. And yet, we can learn from Jesus' example here how to entrust ourselves to God, how to entrust ourselves to the Father despite our circumstances, even in the midst of pain. How do we endure suffering because we find our peace and our strength and our hope in him. The verse continues. Don't think of it as something strange. Don't don't be surprised. Don't, 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 Don't think this suffering that comes into your life, this trial, this pain is unexpected. Instead, insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings, rejoice so that you may also rejoice and be glad when the glory of Jesus is revealed. Our hope comes In Christ, because we not only share in the sufferings of Jesus, the Bible teaches us we share in his life. In Christ, yes, we share in his sufferings, but we also share in his life. Because of his life, death, and resurrection, we too can have new life. Because God, the creator of all things, Lord of lords, King of kings, almighty, on high, God, creator of all, created you, created me, created us in his image, created us to be in relationship with us. This is what we know about God, the creator, that he, that he made us that he created us, that he made us in his image, and that he wants to be in relationship with us. God loves us and wants to be in relationship, but we, humans, man, that's what God wants is relationship. Man, we, we have blown it because of our rebellion, because of our sin against God, our relationship with him is broken. But God doesn't leave it there. God loves and wants to rescue us Us, humans, men, have broken that with our sin and rebellion, but God sent his son, Jesus. And when we think about this aspect of of who Jesus is and what he's done, if you were here last Sunday, Pastor Ed reminded us in, in last week's passage that Peter was guilty. Peter was the one guilty, and yet he was set free because Jesus was perfect and Jesus was condemned instead. And again today, we have this gospel reminder, right? In our passage today, we have the same kind of reminder. This time it's Barabbas. Jesus, again, in our passage today, willingly takes the place of the guilty, of the condemned. You and I, apart from Christ, are guilty and condemned because of our sin and rebellion against God. And Jesus willfully takes our place, he willingly goes to the cross to die in our place, takes all of our sin upon himself, bears the weight of God's wrath and judgment against sin. Jesus bears that on, on himself, and in doing so, makes it possible for us to be forgiven and to have new life and, and our relationship with God restored. The good news that we talk about all the time, the good news that God wants you to be changed by, and the good news that God wants you to proclaim the gospel, the good news is that God has made a way for sinners to be reconciled, to be made right with God through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. God, man, Christ, response. Those that are in our 9 a.m. class the last few weeks have, have seen this, and you've heard this before from me, but this is not my, my pattern, but it helps us remember that the glorious truths of the gospel. God, man, Christ, response. And in the last couple of weeks uh, after the, the death of evangelist Billy Graham, I think We've had a chance to I've had a chance to think about this a little bit, and I thought Billy Graham knew the significance of the response piece. Billy Graham proclaimed the gospel clearly, and God used him so that many would come to find faith in the rescuer Jesus. And, and, and not only did Billy Graham proclaim God's goodness and man's sin and Christ's solution to the problem, but Billy Graham would preach and teach and give opportunities for people listening to respond. Because knowing isn't enough. Knowing about Jesus isn't enough. Just reading our Bible once in a while isn't enough enough. The Bible calls us to respond to what we know that Christ has done by turning from our old life and turning to Jesus. By repenting of our sin, running to run from that way of life and run to the rescuer. The Bible calls us to respond in repentance and faith, to turn away and to turn to, to look to God to entrust ourselves to Jesus, to surrender our life to Him, to put our faith in Him alone, not in our efforts and our trying and our things we do, and none of that rescues us. I can't overcome my sin by pulling myself up by the bootstraps and trying harder. I turn, I respond to the glorious news of the gospel by repentance and faith. And so... We have the opportunity to do that, and we have the opportunity to proclaim that good news uh, to those around us. I'm going to pray, and then uh, after I pray, we'll have the ushers come forward, and we'll receive our special offering, and we'll get to lift our voices and worship through music. But let me ask you to stand, and I'll pray. Father God, we are, are, are thankful to be able to lift our eyes to you this morning. We rejoice that we are alive, that you've given us life and breath. We rejoice that you have brought us together with our church family. We thank you for the opportunity to, to be encouraged this morning by brothers and sisters who are partnering and becoming part of our church. We, we thank you, God, for the opportunity to rejoice with Pastor Wilfred and Vena and Mercy for all that you are doing in Uganda. So Father, we want to lift our eyes to you. We want to lift our voices to you. We want to give of ourselves. We want you to use all of us, all that we are. Would you use us in our words and our actions and all that we are to glorify you in our lives? We thank you, God, that you love us, and want relationship. We confess that apart from you, we are sinful and in rebellion. We thank you that you sent Jesus to rescue us. And this morning, God, I pray for anyone in the room that needs to respond, that needs to turn away from the old life, that needs to repent of their sin, that needs to ask you for forgiveness. God, would they do that this morning? Would you help them to come and talk to me or a Christian near them? Any of our elders, any of our staff? God, would you move in such a way right now that anyone living apart from you would turn to you in repentance and faith? That they don't have to earn, that they don't have to strive, that they don't have to match up, that they don't have to have it all together but that they can just believe in Jesus recognizing him as lord and rescuer and trusting themselves to his care and to his leading thank you lord for the good news of the gospel that you have made a way to rescue sinners and bring us from death to life. We thank you, and we worship you now. In Jesus' name, amen.